This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3435 for Friday, the 1st of October 2021. Today's show is entitled, Hacking Stories with Reacted, Part 5. It is hosted by Operator, and is about 18 minutes long, and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, I talk about some old 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 pentesting stories, from days old. This episode of HPR is brought to you by Archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Episode of Hacker Public Radio. We got a host with your host redacted. Today I'm going to do two short ones, um, and I'm not sure if they're related, if they're on the same day. Again, they kind of all start mixing together. Um, so the first one I'll tell you about was uh, well, it's a combination of the things. Uh, the first time, I'm pretty sure this is the same client. So this is a big bank, whatever. I get there, they're all worried about my system. All worried about me get putting viruses on their network, blah, 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 blah. So I sign this letter saying I'm not going to do all this stuff. I'm not going to, like, install security software. And basically it's like a, your generic IT violation thing. And you're, you're forced to sign these sometimes, um, which... I'm 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 thinking and assuming that the overarching uh, overarching um, agreement that you set up with the actual client and my employer trumps any of these stupid little things I sign up. But I, I try to I try to let the client know that hey, I'm essentially going to be violating all these these things because that's my job. So you're telling me not to do X Y Z, and that's what exactly I'm being paid to do, unless it's out of scope and it's specifically stated in the thing that I won't do X, Y, Z. Um, so, you know, usually it's kind of like a, just a formality thing in some cases, but these guys were very adamant about, like, they, they were scared that I was going to put malware on their network and some kind of worm. And they were also scared that I was going to do some kind of tethering with my phone and or some other internet device, wireless device, and connect two networks together through, um, well, let me switch back to phone here, connect two networks together via some tethering stuff, which it's not really the biggest of risks, but hey, look, go crazy um, if, if that's what you're going to worry about. Um, I, I, I do think that they had, I don't know if they had had pen tests in the past where they had gotten bit by that before. It was a very specific thing to tell someone not to do. So I feel like maybe someone at some point in time had done an assessment for them and they got a piece of malware from the internet while they were on site and they got owned or some portion of get getting compromised through a vendor or third party. So they were very adamant about me not be getting on the internet. So the first thing I do, of course, is try to get on the internet. They tell me that I'm not allowed to plug any other uh, uh, device networking devices into the thing. All I can do, they, they actually had me... Um, 
this is funny. They actually had me uh, install an AV client uh, that they had on my actual Windows image. And then I told them that I run Linux for most of my assessments. And they said, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I can install some claim AV here or whatever garbage and show you a clean bill of health for that. And I can also show you a clean bill of health for the AV. But again, that's what I effing do for a living. That's that's my game. Like, I'm supposed to make stuff be ben- look benign and then, and then potentially be uh, malicious. So... If you want to see a green checkbox, I can make you see a green checkbox. That's that's what my job is. I'm supposed to do that. So, anyways, I show them this green checkbox of my windows. They're doing their due diligence to try and make sure some effing clown is not going to connect their network and make a big mess. So, I, get, I see that side of it. But to make me jump through a bunch of hoops and do these silly shenanigans doesn't really make a whole lot of sense when, you know, the voodoo witch doctor is... You have to trust the Voodoo Witch Doctor at the end of the day at some point. So I get all my stuff set up. I show them the green checkbox and whatever AV garbage they have me install and claim AV. uh, The Linux AV. So I I show them that and then I proceed to try to tunnel out through various methods. So there's lots of ways to tunnel out through the internet. Uh, At the very minimum, what always works is DNS tunneling. Now, basically, DNS tunneling is like 53 byte or... uh, 150 bytes, somebody correct me, um, it's a very small amount of traffic you can, maximum size you can pack in a DNS request, or a DNS request and a response, but DNS works everywhere, I've seen DNS working on SCADA networks that are quote-unquote air-gapped, I've seen uh, DNS work where, where places it's not supposed to be working, where there is no internet and there's no DHCP, um, you set yourself a static IP of somebody around you, make up a gateway, um, find a gateway, and uh, tell, ask that gateway um, if you can do DNS requests, and boom, you're on the internet. They'll tell you, oh, it's not on the internet. But if DNS works, you can actually tunnel um, your traffic over DNS, albeit slow and not ideal, to exfil data. But it's also it's, it's a way to gain an initial foothold into the environment if you have to do crazy DNS tunnelings. Um, I never have to go that crazy uh, on my assessments. Everything pretty much falls over um, with a with a touch of a touch of a pinky, right? Um, so uh, I'm looking at the traffic. I'm looking at what was allowed outbound back then. You could you could actually scan AOL's login servers. Believe it or not, um, AOL would open have every port open on every service open on every port to try to get uh, allow you to get out to. Um, to AOL servers, so their client, I don't know if their client would actually check all those ports, but it would check a crap ton of ports, and you could specify whatever random port that allowed outbound to use over um, AOL, because it would accept requests on every single report, it was beautiful, it's a beautiful idea, and that's how some of the stuff like Skype works, Um, it tries to traverse, uh, back in the day, I don't know if they still do it now, but they try to do all kinds of crazy tactics to traverse firewalls. Um, stuff like the Cisco VPN um, does all kinds of crazy ninja stuff to, you can tell it to get out, uh, to tunnel out um, of, of the environment. Um, but you got DNS in kind of order of simplicity and, and, and idealness. Um, uh, I like to use S-Tunnel, which is a um, SSL tunnel. There's some newer hotness tunnels out there. There's ICMP tunnel, there's DNS tunnel again. Those are two pretty small uh, packet size protocols there. Um, you got SSH tunnels, uh, your standard SSH tunnel, um, their HTTPS kind of S-tunnel thing. 
Um, there's other ways to do S tunnel and have it be set up under different types. You can have a pro regular proxy or whatever. Um, you can tunnel up all, all mannerisms of ways. There's people tunneling all over kinds of different protocols. Um, in some cases, you can tunnel over IPv6. So, anyways, I um, I had already tested this prior because I've had certain I had certain instances where. You're on a client site and you want to do some security research, but you can't because you're on the network that you're testing and the network that you're testing has a proxy. So first things first is you want to get a server on the internet that can you can proxy your traffic through, hopefully securely, and be able to do security research, pull down binaries, pull down source code, um, you know, do to do your normal research, right? So first things first is I get on this network, can't do anything. You can see the internal services. You can do discovery. I'm doing in-map and all that stuff. And that's just uh, running my standard standard checks. And I start poking around with the uh, firewall. And you scan AOLs. Now, there's a couple of... If, if you message me or message chat, I can send you some uh, uh, servers that listen on all ports. And will help you identify potential exit uh, exit places to get out of the network um, to listen on all ports. I can I can tell you one or at least one of those. Um, but the idea is you can set up your own to listen on all ports with just a simple like Python script or something ridiculous. But anyways, so I, I scan AOL servers, I find some ports to get out through, I think standard 22, um, but it was blocking SSH. So what they'll have is, I don't know what they call it, like identifying, tagging, or um, deep packet inspection or whatever whiz bang term you want to call it. It's essentially if you're trying to run SSH over if you're trying to like SSH over four four over port four four three and it's not web traffic, it'll say, you know what, that's not cool. Or for example, if you're trying to SSH over port twenty one and it's not actual FTP traffic, it'll say, eh, no, I'm not gonna let you do that. Uh, you're trying to tunnel FTP you're trying to set up an FTP server or talk to an FTP over port 80. No, port 80 has to be web, or 443 has to be this. And, and you'll see that more and more nowadays that they do this deep packet inspection or whatever. They kind of check the the kind of headers and all that for the valid traffic and say, okay, this is, this is just somebody trying to run an FTP server over port 80. No, I'm not going to allow that. Um, in this case, I can't remember what exactly you set it up, but anyways, so I'm sitting there, I got my tunnel to work, I'm tunneling out my traffic, it's pretty damn fast, um, it, it's pretty slick, I'm doing my research, listening to my music when I'm, while I'm working, doing my thing, and, you know, I thought it relevant to tell the client this because they told me I didn't have internet when I got there, and that's kind of a impossible thing. Um, you know, they didn't have DHCP, but they were offering an IP and they were offering connectivity to other internal services, all that good stuff. So I, I get ready to kind of build up a little quick note about how I got access to what I got access to and how I tunneled out. <clears throat> so I give them that information um, and then maybe a couple of days goes by and I realized that, this is like a Thursday or something, I realized that I told my wife that I was going to be able to do some kind of corporate event for work and do some kind of fancy to do for uh, for uh, like an office party. So we had this little office party going on, and I completely forgot about it. So it's like Thursday at noon, and I realized that I told my wife that I'm going to be home early on Thursday 
so that we can go to this thing Thursday night. And it might have even been Friday, Friday during the day, or Friday night. I'm pretty sure it was actually Thursday. Anyways, despite the despite what day it was, I, I had told my wife that I had made plans to come home early and and uh, and whatever. So here I am. I've got some access to some boxes. I think I had like admin credentials or something like that. And I was starting to spray them around, but I wasn't, you know, I was kind of taking my time. Uh, I generally kind of took my time and, and, and kind of gave myself plenty of, plenty of time to, to, to work up to that. I knew it would have fallen over within the day or the next couple days. So um, I kind of was letting that thing do. And then when I found out that I didn't have a whole lot of time, I had to kick it into high gear. So I essentially set up my scripts to do the automatic kind of, uh, once I had valid credentials or valid hashes, I had uh, some scripts set up to automatically check the um, check the servers to see if there's any other you know domain admins logged into those and all that stuff. Dump out the users, dump out the services, dump out the the shared um, the shared resources that are logged into it. And so I, I get out the phone, tell her, you know what, um, I, I might be able to do it. I might not. It just depends. I'd really like to get domain admin first and kind of you know own them sideways before I leave. So uh, I'm sitting there and, and I kind of get whatever and I'm like spraying my credentials all over the place, going nuts. And eventually I, um, I come across something. I don't remember what it was, but I eventually get it. I'm like, oh, crap. So I, I know I'm get there. I know I'm close enough to where I can book the flight. So I go ahead and I book a flight for like basically for me to leave in like 20 minutes or like 30 minutes. So I book a flight for me that... For me, that where I'd have to leave in like 30 minutes to catch the flight, or else I'd be late. So here I go. I buy my ticket, and I'm like, all right, I got close to domain admin. I'm, I, I really just have to pivot around and and get that escalation, and then dump the creds, and then show them that I have domain admin and add a new user, whatever. So at, at this time, I'm kind of like kicking it into high gear. I'm spraying my creds everywhere. I'm trying to escalate, and I'm just going nuts just to try to just to try to get domain admin before I leave. Um, so the client, uh, oh, maps has just crashed for me. Hold on a second. So I, I kind of kick it up tight gear, get all noisy. And finally I, I end up getting domain, domain admin. I, I, you know, kind of a little bit more lead, but I'm rushing to like wrap all this up, get all my evidence, capture all my evidence so that I don't have to like reverse engineer myself when I get home. Um, yeah, I'm going to make this so I, I get all my creds, get all my stuff, get all my notes, compile it all together, make sure that I've got legit whatever, and then I start to head to the airport, get an Uber, uh, this is when Uber was still good, um, so I got an Uber, and uh, I think I called the client and let them know, I said, hey, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I found some stuff, I, I've got domain admin, and, you know, I've got most of the, most of what I was going after, and I've got some, and some impact, and some reports, and I've got, got everything pretty much done, and pretty, pretty finished up, but he says, oh, well, when you, when you look at the leave, I was like, well, I'm actually in the car on the way to the airport, because I'm trying to get, head home for a, for a, like a, for a, for a cor corporate company event, and he, he was pretty legit about it, he was okay, whatever. Um, the funny thing is, is I get on the plane, I whatever, and then I land uh, back at home. And when I land back at home, I get a phone call from the client, and they 
wanted to ask me some questions where they're pretty generic in nature. But I call him up, and this this guy's like, "Yeah, you like took out our our AV like thing, our whiz bang AV thing, our uh, malware analysis thing. Uh, they had like FireEye or something. I don't know what it was. So what had happened is when I was spraying my credentials around and dumping my um, uh, when on the ones that had uh, had AV, um, I was triggering AV on hundreds of systems, and that was getting sent." those packets or whatever or alerts or whatever were being sent by some central server to be analyzed or whatever it was and this supposed security server um thought that i was like malware or a trojan um which was kind of mostly true but anyways um so he thinks that i've like completely done what they told me not to do in the first place and he's kind of sort of half flipping out and I'm like, no, I can assure you that this is this that was me, and that was that was intentional, and that signature is probably just a generic signature for like the interpreter payload or whatever, like PS Exec or like Mimicast or whatever it was I was running at mass scale. Um, so uh, he he began, begins to tell me that like his his security software is like taking crap just because I spray in all over the place. Um, Needs to say, I kind of brought him down, took brought him down, took him off the ledge, and brought him down to the ledge, and you know, kind of cooler heads. And he didn't seem too upset. He just wanted to make sure that I wasn't actually uh, sending a worm out to to his company. I said, nope, nope, that's legit. That's me trying to be in like Mister, you know, taking out the whole network type of uh, type of guy. Um, kind of trying to take everything over at once. Anyways, that was a quick story. Um, ran a little bit longer than I wanted to, but. Uh, that was pretty fun, uh, because they told me I didn't have internet, and I actually ended up coming back, uh, and when I came back, uh, the, you know, I had my internet, and I was doing whatever, and then, um, these three guys rolled up, and they're like, like the Gestapo, they rolled up, and they, they kind of talked to me, like, hey, I'm like, yeah, no, it's, you know, we can't really do that, you know, you can't really be on the internet, we, you know, it's kind of cheating, you know, we don't, you know, we already know about that issue, so, you know, you, whatever, and I'm like, well, if you want me to get off the internet, I can, you know, but not, I'm just gonna keep using it for <laughs> for research until you fix it, you clowns, so, um, they kind of tell me that, you know, I shouldn't be doing it, and then I'm like, fuck off, I'll do what I want until you fix it, because I'm here to test whatever it is that, you're, what's wrong with your security, and that's part of the scope, um, if you allow me to get on the internet, then I'm going to get on the internet, unless you say no, specifically. You didn't say that I couldn't get on the internet, you just said that I couldn't tether other devices. So that was kind of a kind of a funny uh, experience to go through. Anyways, hope somebody enjoys some of this random babbling. Um, I probably won't want to do one of these for a while unless I end up driving a whole bunch again, which is um, not super fun, but it makes this makes it go by a little bit quicker. Anyways, have a good one, take it easy. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. 
unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.